Hey there, friends. Welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. I'm Dave Lorenzo. And if you have ever wanted to write a book or you've ever wanted to find a great way to promote your business that gives you credibility, gives you believability, and it helps differentiate you, we've got the show for you today. My guest today is Carl Beckstrand, and he's an author of over 20 books. He's also a media professor, and he's an award-winning author and illustrator. He has been recognized by Publishers Weekly. Uh, His reviews have been fantastic. He's won awards. He's appeared in all kinds of public publishing journals. His Western novel, To Swallow the Earth, won a 2016 International Book Award. His YA Stories, ebook mysteries, nonfiction, Spanish bilingual books, wordless and STEM books feature diverse characters and usually they end with a twist. His work can be found on Amazon, uh, on Apple iBooks. You can find him through Baker and Taylor, which is a very uh, prestigious distributor to libraries and other uh, places where books are found. His books are found in Barnes and Noble. He's distributed through Ingram. His books have been featured or they're sold at Target and Walmart. He is the man when it comes to self-publishing. So please join me in welcoming Carl Beckstrand to the Inside BS Show. Carl, thanks for joining us and welcome to the show today. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. All right. So, Carl, I have to find out the the behind the scenes story because I heard a rumor about how you got into publishing. So tell me and tell our listeners and our viewers how did you get into publishing in the first place? Well, it's uh, not your average author story because I didn't like to write when I was a kid. I was a uh, not a great student, but in college, when I should have been doing my homework, I kept getting ideas for stories and I would set them aside. I'd, I'd scribble them down and set them aside and think, well, when I'm 65 or retired, I'll try to get published. But I met a gentleman um, here locally in the Salt Lake Valley who would, said he would publish my first book. And um, he had great contacts. He knew what he was doing. Uh, the day we went to print, he passed away. Oh, my goodness. That is crazy. So the books are going to print. Everything's done. It's set. Mm-hmm. It's edited. It's going to print. And then what happened next? So his his wife, now widow, called me the day of printing. And I was thinking I was going to get an update on the printing. And she said, I'm sorry to tell you that my husband has passed away. And I was crestfallen. I was, I was shocked. And then I had to figure out, well, he's the one who knew all the stuff. He was the one who knew what he was going to do with this book. And I, I had to I had to double down and figure out how to take it over. So that book eventually did get published. You you wound up publishing it, correct? Right. And I got a crash course in, in publishing and marketing. How, so how long ago was that? That was 2004. So 2004. Okay. Take me through the publishing process then and then tell us what's changed over the years. Yeah, it used to be that you had to have a publisher because they were the only ones that had connections with distributors. They had the prestige to get the word out. But nowadays, um, there are so many advances with technology um, that you can do everything you need to do um, with the know-how, of course. And then the other thing is um, distribution is available to you. 
I was able to just reach out to the large distributors myself and get um, agreements with them and get set up that way. I don't have the prestige of the big publishing houses, but I maintain control of the content, of the money, of the marketing, and I feel like I'm better off that way. Yeah, so I, I told you uh, during the pre-show that you're, you're going to have a big supporter in me for self-publishing, and I'll, I'll kind of share a little bit about my self-publishing journey with you and w with the folks who are, who are with us today. The, the first book I ever did, I was I was in the same, I think, boat as you, where I, I thought I had some good ideas and people had constantly asked me to share my ideas. So I wrote them down and writing them down turned out to be easier than I thought. And the next thing I knew, I had like 75,000 words. And I said, this is, you know, this is pretty good. And I looked into getting the book published and I found out, and this is in 2006, and I, I found out that. I probably needed an agent, and if I didn't need an agent, I was going to have to pitch the book to all these publishers myself. So I wrote, I want to say maybe 150 regular letters at the time. I there there wasn't a, like an email submission process that I knew of. So writing regular letters and sending them out, and some people were kind enough to write me back and reject me in the mail. Most of them I never heard from. I don't even yeah. know if my letter got through. And right. eventually I just, 2005, I just ran out of patience and I'm like, I'm just going to figure out how to do this myself. Yeah. And, um, it was, it wasn't as easy as it probably is now. And you can, you can share some of the steps with us, how, how mm. you do it today. But it was, I found it to be a very enjoyable process. Now, fast forward to three years ago when Wiley published my latest book, a lot, of, I had to do a lot of the same painful stuff I did with the with my with this book that I self-published I had to get it copy edited before I submitted it to them because I wasn't confident that my grammar and punctuation was going to be up to snuff and then right. after I submitted a few chapters and I didn't get any editorial feedback at all I had to convene my own panel of clients to read it as I was submitting it to the publisher to get good feedback and then when I submitted the whole thing the editorial feedback I got from them was, wow, this is really great. It seems like you really put a lot of thought into this. And I'm like, yeah, I did. It was a book I wrote. Of course I put a lot of thought into it. And that was the and only money. editorial feedback I got on the whole book. Holy cow. <laughs> and then I waited. And then, Carl, I waited like nine months for the for the rest of the publishing process to play out. I, you know, I had input on the, on the cover art. Uh, you know, they... Uh, they did all that stuff. I had input on it. And now if I want to send free copies out to my clients or if I want to send out promotional copies, <laughs> I have to pay. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. I, my author price is more than the book costs when it's on sale in some places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear you. I was going to congratulate you for getting published with Wiley, but then I thought, well, maybe congratulations aren't in order. Well, you know what? I so I, the, the people who work at Wiley are fantastic. And I yeah. didn't have to – once I submitted the manuscript, I mean, my job was done. I just – you know, I, I would get emails about what was going on. And, right. you know, there were – there are – the benefits are that they are aggressive at, at selling the rights. And every time they sell the rights I get in, in another country, I get paid. And it's exposure yeah. in another country. Um, but I'll tell you that in hindsight, my first book, the title was career intensity. The subtitle was business strategy for workplace warriors and entrepreneurs career intensity. I sold the rights myself 
and I sold the rights uh, to as many different foreign publishers as Wiley sold the rights to the 60-second sale, and I made more money because I didn't have to split the, the rights with them. Yeah. But the real benefit for me, for somebody who does what I do, somebody who's in consulting, is the ability to uh, I can send out a hardcover book for, you know, the cost was like three dollars. And, you know, it's it costs more in postage to send the book out than it cost me for the book when I self published yeah. it. So the next one I'm, I'm going to do uh, I'm going to do on my own. And I'll, you know, I'll probably work with somebody like you to do it because, you know, the, it's I'll, I'll have complete control. I'll have the inventory myself and we can even do print on demand if we want, because once we run out of printed copies of the Wiley book, they're going to do print on demand. So it's the same thing. So, Carl, take us through some of the other benefits. I mean, I highlighted some of them. What are the other benefits of, of publishing yourself? Well, I'll tell you, um, I've self-published all my other books except for one. I worked with one other publisher early on, and that left such a bad taste in my mouth that I was done. Um, they got a great artist. They, I mean, a lot of my books are illustrated, so the illustrations were outstanding. But this artist got pennies. I mean, I don't even think she got $1,000, and it should have been 5000 for what she did. Mm. Um, then there was a dispute. <laughs> I'm glad you had input on artwork because I was not, I was told not to communicate with the artist. And so when the final art arrived, the story was out of poor, was about a poor family and the artwork arrived that showed this posh family in these lush conditions. And I said, well, this isn't, these aren't my characters. Who are these rich people? And they said, well, we'll just take the paragraph out that talks about them being poor. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So big dispute. And then getting payment was difficult. Uh, marketing, as you say, it's really your job anyway, whether you're with a big publisher or on your own, your job is the marketing, but they, publishers make promises that they don't always keep. And so the expectation is that they will do uh, a lot of work to get your book out. And basically they're, (laughs) they may have a couple distributors and they're taking most of the profits. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these days Barnes and Noble, I, I can't, You'd be hard-pressed to find locations of 20 Barnes & Noble stores these days. I know there are stores that are still out there, and there are books being sold in those stores. But my biggest disappointment was thinking that going with a commercial publisher was going to get me better distribution than I could get on my own. And the opposite is true. Like there's, you know, they put your book, a commercial publisher, and I can only speak to, I've worked with two publishers. I worked with a, I I did a book for the legal industry and I worked with a publisher who only works in the legal industry. And Mm -hmm. that book exceeded my expectations for sales and distribution because I I didn't have any expectations for that book. But with Wiley, uh, the, the book was, you know, it's available online everywhere, but you know, I could publish a book through Amazon and have it available online everywhere. They they yeah. couldn't get it into bookstores. It, they couldn't even get it, you know, modeled for two books in a in a you know in a bookstore. It didn't get into independent bookstores. It just was yeah. the distribution, which is what I was hoping for, wasn't there. And then after I signed my author contract, I found out that if I wanted airport distribution. It was incumbent upon me to pay for the shelf space for airport distribution, and that's not cheap. And for for a business book author, airport distribution, when there's no pandemic, is essential because, 
you know, people who who buys books in an airport. Well, people who are on business trips buy books yeah. in an airport, right? So, yeah. I I was you know I was disappointed with that part of the process. The you know the as I said, the people that I worked with were fantastic to work with. They gave me input on on things that I didn't contractually have a you know have they didn't have an obligation to do, but I I just. I guess the value in commercial publishing is people who just don't want to investigate doing the work for themselves. I mean, these mm -hmm. days we're all doing our own websites now, right? So yeah. I, I, why wouldn't you publish your own book? So, Carl, talk about the process. If somebody wanted sure. to self-publish, what is the process these days? You know, I, I don't have strong opinions about how the book is written. Some people are pantsers where they write by the seat of their pants. Some people plot it all out and outline. I'm more on the second category. But um, once it's written, the important thing is to, like you did, pay an editor. Even if you're going to submit to an agent, um, I think it's a good idea just to present the best product as possible um, to the eyes, to either directly to the reader or to the publisher. And so um, if you're skipping that step, um, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Um, so pay an editor, then um, you can do a lot of publicity for free. You can do press releases, you can do social media posts. Um, and I, I got media interviews just doing press releases and, and following up with phone calls, um, reaching out to new contacts and people I knew. And um, word of mouth publicity is is outstanding for, for books. Um, there there are agencies that will help you with advertising. Um, I've had some learning experiences this year with that. Um, people who may claim to be the experts uh, may not be as passionate as you are about your book. And so, um, yeah, I'm back to, to doing my own advertising. Um, I, I, I'm better at it. It's sad to say that I'm better at it than some of these agencies that are, you know, the experts. So what about the actual process of how do you get your so how do you get your ideas from manuscript form into either, you know, paperback or hardcover, however you however you decide to to do the book? How does that how does that magic happen from manuscript to, you know, the, the place where you have an actual uh, product to get out? Sure. So um, my first publisher had connections in in Asia for cheap printing, even with the cost of shipping and customs, it was cheaper to print in Asia than here. Mm. And so I still recommend that for bulk printing. If you know your book is going to be a, a, a seller, if you don't know yet whether or how much your book is going to sell, I recommend print on demand so that you don't have a garage full of books. Right. Um, and so I do paperbacks through KDP, which is Amazon's print on demand. And I do uh, hardcovers through Ingram. And then I do eBooks through Smashwords. And each of these will get your books out to the various platforms for softcover, hardcover, and eBook. And if you're, if you're doing nonfiction, particularly if you're doing business, you also want to consider audio. I had a, you know, that was the other thing with Wiley. Wiley was great about, as I said, rights. Uh, they sold the audio rights and I was able to audition for and then <laughs> be accepted to read my own book. And wow. that was a great experience. Have you, uh, Carl, have you done any audio where you, where you yeah. read your own? T talk about that. How did you get the audio oh, done? 
so I didn't do my own narration. People told me that I should have, but I didn't have the time. I didn't want to invest the time to actually record the audio myself. So I hired a gentleman, an actor in California who did a great job because my Western novel has a lot of archaic words, difficult, unknown words, and, and he did them with accents and he was great. So I paid someone, he wasn't too expensive. And um, I did my audiobook through ACX and uh, that's worked out pretty well. And then after a year, you can get your audiobook distributed on other platforms. They want exclusivity for the first year. Yeah. But, but um, after that, you can get it elsewhere. And your, the, the cost, if you, if you don't mind sharing, to self-publish a book, the cost per book is what, what is it these, ballpark? What is it these days? <laughs> it's your time and your sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, AC, uh, Amazon doesn't charge for um, setting it up up front. They take a heavy chunk once the book is published, um, but there's no charge to upload your book for paperback printing. Ingram charges, I think, $25 per book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, they take a chunk for each sale. So costs are nothing until you get to marketing. And if you want to market your book, you must market your book. You can't just write a book and then leave it. You've right. got to pr- promote it or, or it will die. Um, and then that's where the real expense comes. And how how have you been successful at getting your book in the hands of people to read it? What is what has been what are some of the strategies that have been most successful for you? Um, tenacity. So, uh, I started out uh, emailing book um, sellers, book distributors, and then following up with phone calls on the big important ones, and that's paid off over the years. And I still that's really what's paid off the most for me is reaching out via email, following up with a phone call, um, finding out who the uh, decision makers are, the gatekeepers, and um, getting my book in front of them. I often have to send hard copy, physical copies to them, which is an expense, um, but um, it's worth it. Yeah. I, I, I will clarify, though, uh, a lot of people will send physical copies to reviewers, and that can be 80 reviewers and that's an outrageous expense. So I don't recommend that. I recommend sending eBooks to anybody who doesn't have to have a physical copy. And that's the other thing. If you do this yourself, you can send the eBook to whoever you want and it costs you zero to send the eBook to people. If you publish through a mainstream publisher, you have to pay for the book every time you send the book to someone. Now, of course, you can go to your publisher and you can say, here's a list of 80 reviewers. Can you please send them an ebook? And the publisher will do that. They'll, they absolutely will do that. But if you wanted to market to a thousand people who you wanted as your clients and you wanted to send them a link in an email so they could download your book, every time that book is downloaded, you're paying a regular publisher if you do it yourself. You, you know, there's no there's no expense no to that. Cost. That's that's absolutely free. So talk about talk about advertising marketing. What do you what are you doing for your books so that people because you can sell a book. Here's here's what here's what drives me nuts too about traditional publishers. You can sell a book for twenty years and people will still read. I mean, people are reading Moby Dick right now. People are reading yeah. Catcher in the Rye right now. So you know, you can sell a book for twenty, thirty, fifty years. And people will still read it and enjoy it. But for a publisher, the life of that book is over. Like after a year, they don't want to take your call anymore. It's it. That's it. Right. You're done. <laughs> Unless you have yeah. something new to talk about, nobody wants to talk to you. So what are you right. doing these days to get your book in the hands of people, Carl? Well, I don't know if it's uh, my genre that most of my books are children's books, but that that's such an enduring genre. And so my backlist of books still 
sell very well. My all-time bestseller is the second book I put out. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I just act like it's a brand new book and keep promoting them and people keep buying them. So uh, that's, that's very important is that your attitude is this is a worthwhile product always. Sure. And, and to never give up on it. And then uh, the other thing I do is um, <laughs> as if Amazon didn't already have enough of my money. <laughs> I started advertising um, about a year and a half ago. I, I mentioned that and did okay. Um, I wasn't making a lot of profit on the ads. And so I hired agencies, like I mentioned, um, and they got me uh, paying people to buy my books. <laughs> so I was paying money for every sale. Oh, geez. And so I'm back to doing it myself. As I mentioned, um, if you're going to advertise, um, be sure you vet anybody that might help you. And I and I did my homework. I thought I had vetted these people. Um, but I, I, it may just come down to no one is as passionate about your product as you are. Right. And 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 you're probably the best spokesperson for your product. Okay, so there's there's there are listeners out there right now. There are people watching who are who are going to watch this video on YouTube right now who are saying, "I already wrote the book. I'm done. I I've been maybe they're maybe they're teachers and they have they have a book that they've used that that compiles their curriculum that sort of thing. Book is written. It's edited. Everything you know, everything is good. Now they need to uh, have somebody maybe put a table of contents together and then format it so it looks like a book." Where do they go for that? Does Amazon offer those services as well? Um, I can't remember if they do. Many of these companies do offer those services for a fee. Um, I'm not sure if KDP Amazon does that uh, because I've done it myself for years. <laughs> Sorry. So when you, use, uh, how do you when you say you do it yourself? Do you do you do it like in a like in Word or something? How do you? How I do use you... I use Adobe InDesign. I was fortunate that my background my my undergraduate degree was journalism for writing. And then my background beyond that was just lots of art classes. Mm. And so I'm really big into art and layout. And so I bought Adobe's creative suite and I use InDesign to lay out images and text together and do the, the actual book design. So, and that's what I teach at a state college right now. So I'm lucky that I can save that expense. If you don't have that experience, you can find someone, gosh, perhaps at a local college, um, maybe in their illustration department or maybe in their design department, find someone who knows InDesign, which is basically the product for putting text and images together. So for your covers, for just laying out your chapters so they look nice, even if there's no illustrations, you want to have somebody who has an eye for design. Okay. So you get the book, uh, you get the book designed. It's all, it's all ready to go. And then the next step is what you upload it to Amazon and they take it from there. Mm-hmm. And Ingram and to the ebook platforms, and then they get it to all the places where books are bought. So that's very helpful. How do they? So, like, what about like a cover and the and the the you know the cover matter? Like the if you if you're going to get blurbs, have have somebody write a blurb and put it on the back. Who right. does all the cover design and stuff for you if you're self publishing? So again, you want to if you don't have those skills, you want to hire a professional book designer, um, and you can Google that book designer. But also something really important for the launch of your book is I joined a local writers group here in Utah, and um, it's a treasure of experience. There's there's novices in the group, but there are people who've been in the business for 30 years and they have agent contacts and editor contacts and designers. And then also you have beta readers. So you can go to a writer's group 
and say, here's my latest manuscript. If someone will read this and give me feedback, I will read yours and give you feedback. But beyond that, your beta readers, they're called beta readers, mm-hmm. um, if they like your book, will promote it. They'll leave reviews. They'll tell their friends about it. They'll post on social media. And so this is how you start to get buzz for your book. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I love that. I love that idea. That is, you know, that advice you just gave people to join a writer's group is money in the bank because the biggest the biggest question I had was, is this content, will this content resonate with the ideal person who, in, in my mind, it was the, the ideal person who would be a client for me. So what, mm-hmm. what I wound up doing, I thought the editor was going to give me that feedback. What I wound up doing was circulating it among my clients one chapter at a time. And sometimes I would send certain clients this chapter and other clients this chapter because I, I didn't want my, my clients to be burdened with having to read an entire book because I knew most of them wouldn't do it. So I would send them a chapter at a time and get the feedback mm-hmm. on that chapter. And that's how I knew it was good. So if you're doing a nonfiction book, you can do that. But in, in your case, a children's book or a fiction book, that writer's group, even even for a business book, that writer's group is gold because yeah. they may have a different way of saying something or they may give you a different idea for a chapter presentation. I mean, it's yeah, it's invaluable. And if your manuscript stinks, they'll tell you. Yeah. I mean, writers will be honest with other writers. Your mom's going to love whatever you write. But a beta reader will tell you the truth. Okay, so let's say let's say people do this successfully, and then let's say mm-hmm. they get to you know a place where they have half the number of books you have. Let's say they get to a place where they have thirteen or fourteen books that are that are in print at any one time. How do you keep up with selling thirteen or fourteen different titles? Like, do you are you doing promotion for each title all the time? How does it work? No, you go in seasons. You have seasons where you're promoting your new book. Or where you're um, promoting a new series. Um, if see for me, as books have come out, I've seen um, correlations, and I've grouped them into s- groups of book for series. You know, career books for kids, or food books for kids, or Spanish. And as you find commonalities, you can create packages and promote packages of books. Mm. And so that way, you're reaching back into your backlist and you're refreshing things. And you're getting new reviews. It's amazing. Um, reviews equal sales. And even an old book with new reviews can get new life. Yeah, that's it's it's interesting how that works. Is it because if the if the reviews are newer, does Amazon's algorithm push it toward the top? Is that what happens? I, I believe so. And also, of course, sales will help push it towards the top. Sure. Sure. Sales don't hurt. <laughs> yeah. Talk a little bit about what you're doing with Spanish language books now. So mm-hmm. uh, are you do you write in Spanish or are you writing in English and having it translated? I do. Um, because my books are picture books, as a non-native Spanish speaker, I can get the text out in Spanish. I lived in South America for a couple of years, so, um, I'm, and I've been using my Spanish for 30 years. But I still always, always hire a native Spanish editor to correct my Spanish Mm-hmm. Um, because you may think you're great, but if you're not a native Spanish speaker or a native editor or professional editor, you're not good enough. <laughs> how so? How uh, how are you getting distribution? Are you are you distributing these in Latin America or just to the Spanish population in the U.S.? So um, wherever Ingram distributes, so they have certain countries they're in. I don't think they're worldwide necessarily. Wherever Amazon distributes, they're growing worldwide. 
Um, that's where my books are in other countries. Okay. So Amazon and Ingram, they'll, they'll accept your book directly and they'll, they're doing print on demand in other countries mm -hmm. as well. So if somebody in Spain wants to buy your book, they, mm -hmm. they go on Amazon.es uh, or whatever, whatever the, whatever the country. Yeah. Uh, depending on the country. Yeah. So they go on Amazon.Spain or whatever, and they buy your book there and it's where, uh -huh. whatever the, whatever Amazon's process is. How long, curious about this, how long does a, does a book that's print on demand take to get to like an Amazon Prime customer? Do they keep a handful in stock or do they literally print it when somebody orders it? They literally print on demand. Although I can sometimes tell when they've printed a bunch and still have some to sell um, when they lower my price online. Mm. You can tell when they do have some in stock because the price is lower than what I've said. Although I, I hope this is true that I still get the same compensation for the price I've set, even if they lower the price for a sale. Yeah, yeah. So how long does it take from the from the order point till the book is in hand, do you think? Oh, just a couple of days. I mean, I've uploaded files and within 24 hours, the book is live. And so wow. it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist as a physical book. But as soon as a customer clicks on it, it prints and ships to them. And I never touch it and I get a royalty. Yeah, yeah. And then what what is the what is the format they require for you to for you to upload the book? Can you upload it as just a PDF, a regular PDF? Yes, you can do a PDF or a Word document. Um, again, you'll want it professionally designed, and mm -hmm. they they do give instruction on the kind of file and and, and what they want from you. Um, but I just can't recall if Amazon will do it for you. I think they they used to at least. Yeah, yeah. All right, so tell us what you have coming up, Carl. What's what's the future of Carl Beckstrand? What's going on with <laughs> uh, with you and your current publishing company? So the big hit um, these past six months is a book called Grow, How We Get Food From Our Garden. It features a black child and a grandfather uh, plowing, planting, and tending a garden to get food, um, colorfully illustrated by an artist in the UK uh, named Zanara. She's a one-named artist. And, um, yeah, it's selling really well. The, the Georgia Farm Bureau bought a whole bunch. And um, and then my newest book out uh, as of three weeks ago, four weeks ago, is uh, Gopher Golf, a wordless book. I have a series of wordless books because I feel like children can cement extant vocabulary that they already have by describing what they see on the pages, telling the story themselves. Yeah. Or even older readers. Older readers can write what they think is happening on the pages. So it's a fun picture book of to go for scalping. Wow, that's great. Yeah, and then I have another, uh, I have four I'm trying to get out before June. Um, wow. One is, yeah, <laughs> one is a, uh, a nonfiction bio biographical book about one of my ancestors who came from Scotland when she was nine or 10. And the, the railroad didn't even go across the country back then. This is 1849, I think. Anyway, so she got to the end of the railroad in Iowa and walked about a thousand miles west to get wow. to her final destination. Her shoes wore out. She ended up in a blizzard by the end, but she survived in, in an amazing way. And she and other people got frostbite and lost toes and she didn't. So it was quite a story. Oh, and then I have a nonfiction book, kind of auto, autobiographical. And then I have another picture book and a book of short stories. 
Wow. So you're you have a really ambitious schedule. How do you how do you get it all? How do you get it all done? How do you how do you ma manage to get it all done? Do you are, are you are you working 24 seven on producing books? Is that and you teach, too. So how do you how do you manage yeah. to put it all in? Well, fortunately, it's just a night class that I teach a few nights a week. <clears throat> so in the daytime, I, I can devote myself to writing, although right now I, I really wish I had found an agency to handle my advertising without a without having to pay for every book sale <laughs> I should be making money off of ads. And so I wish I didn't have to handle that myself, but I do. Um, and that takes time from writing. It takes time from, from marketing even. Sure. Sure. So where can people, where can people find all your books? If they, if they want to check out, like if they want the wordless uh, book series or the grow book series, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, the grow book that you just talked about, which sounds really, really, really interesting to me, where can they find these? premiobooks.com is my website or Amazon. You can look up Carl Beckstrand, Carl with a K, Beckstrand. And um, yeah, just actually pretty much anywhere you find books, Walmart online, Target online. Yeah, well, I'm going to put links to, to your author page in Amazon in the show notes. I'll also put Premio Books, the, a link to that, premiobooks.com in the, in the show notes. One one quick question about the Grow book. You said the Georgia Farm Bureau bought a bunch of them. Did you send it to them and pitch it to them, or did they just find it organically? This is the crazy thing about marketing. I don't think I did. I don't remember contacting the Georgia Farm Bureau. I think I contacted some schools or libraries in Georgia, and they must have passed the word on. The same thing happened with Walmart. I didn't contact Walmart, and suddenly my books are on their website. Yeah, that's that's really interesting to me. I think probably if if I recall I, and I and my my memory's a little hazy on this, maybe Ingram distributes to books to Walmart and maybe Ingram had your book in their catalog and Walmart was like kids book we we love, you know, selling books to kids, so maybe that's maybe that's how it got in there or maybe they do some Walmart has incredible analytics. Maybe they did. Maybe they've been scraping Amazon data about books that sell yeah. in certain categories and they figured yeah. they would pick it up from from Ingram. And again, Ingram is the number one distributor of are there. They're a whole are they a wholesaler or a distributor they're a wholesaler, right? Isn't they're a wholesaler. Yeah. So Ingram is the number one wholesaler of books in the U.S., if they've got your book, your book can be available anywhere books are sold. Right. People just, you know, people just have to go look for it. And I think these days most book sales are online anyway. I, like, like I said, it's yeah. really hard to find a Barnes and Noble store. They used to be like on every corner, and now you know it's it's being it's becoming more and more difficult to find them. All right, Carl. So if people want to find out more about you or about your books, it's Premio Books. P R E M I O B O O K S dot com or go to Amazon and put in Carl's name. It's Carl with a K K A R L Beckstrand is the last name. We're going to put a link to his author page in the show notes. We're also going to put a link to Premio books in the show notes. Carl, what is the, the best piece of advice you can give to somebody who's got a great book idea and they're thinking, 
hey, listen, I got a great book idea. I know there's a book inside of me or their book is done and they're struggling. They've sent it to a number of agents and they're getting the kinds of mm -hmm. questions I was getting, like how many of these books are you prepared to buy, right? So, and they don't want to buy their own books unless they want to buy their own books. So yeah. what's, the, what's the best piece of advice you can give to somebody who's struggling with this and yeah. they, you know, they really can go do it themselves? Give us a piece of advice. On the writing side, it's write every day. Sit down and write every day, even if it's 10 minutes. On the marketing side, never give up on your book. If you know it's been professionally edited, if you know it's a good book, never give up on it. Keep promoting it. All right, Carl, that's great advice. Thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate sure. it. Go to the website, folks, Premio Books, P-R-E-M-I-O-B-O-O-K-S. Uh, check out what Carl's doing. You can find all his books there. We're going to put a link to his author page on Amazon in the show notes. Um, support the independent authors of the world. Start with Carl. Go buy a couple of his books today. If you have kids, they're picture books. Who doesn't love a good picture book? Carl, thanks for joining us today. It was a pleasure having you on. We learned uh, a lot about publishing. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me. All right, folks, that'll do it for this episode of the Inside BS Show. We'll be right back here again tomorrow with another interview. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.